This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, Elsie. Hello, Jess. Oftentimes when I hear that, I want to go, work a world. Hi. Hi. How What's are up? you? Are I'm you good. grumpster today? Not really. No. Not really. No, I'm not. I'm Well, I'm, I am. No, I'm oh, just, are you? Why I'm why are you grumpy my today? Sick of my fucking kid. My two year old is gonna be the death of me, I swear. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember ever having this kind of issues with other two-year-olds. I've had two other two-year-olds that were both sweet as sugar. (laughs) Yeah, he's no longer like that at bedtime. (laughs) Now it's kick me in the face, pull down the covers, yell, fuss. (laughs) And then he'll go, "It's it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I think he's having an anxiety, like an anxiety attack you think over so? everything. But it turns out he doesn't do this at school, just for me. For those of you who are listening to this show and you also listen to Dave Jackson's podcast, you'll know that this is one of podcaster listeners' pet peeves is to not talk about yourself and your own life at the start of it. Guess what? I'm doing it anyway. Guess what? That's that's how I rolls. That's how we kind of take it. I know we have gotten uh, feedback on that. And, you know, part of what, it is stop like, doing it. Well, no, no. Yeah. To like, you know, you guys, you talk for 30 minutes before you got to the podcasting stuff. And okay, you know I'm what? not going to do that. No, no, but... no. But, but we have in the past. But here's yeah. the thing about that, though. You know, part of it was from part of it for me was like, oh, my God, we need to do something about that. That's a long time. And then there was another part of it that was like, well, this is our show. <laughs> and it's my show. You don't yeah, know it's my our life. show. And the thing is this, our uh, promotion or our description, it really basically is that we're talking about podcasting from the women's perspective and 800 other things. Yeah, I mean. So yeah. there's that. And if you really just want to skip over all this stuff or just put us in, um, how do you say it when you go really fast? 1.5, double time. Yeah. yeah. Double just, speed, you know, yeah. put it in your ears. You'll go by faster, twice as fast. You'll get over in five minutes or something like that. And, you know. Yeah. Also, we don't have to care what you think. And it's so freeing to not. No, I'm just kidding. I, well, of course, we care about our listener feedback. But, um, you know, I, I let's just tie it all in. I do think that the stuff you're going through in life affects how you podcast and yes and that's going to be our big topic today absolutely i mean as we continue to talk but yeah yeah, that's the theme of the show actually Mm -hmm. and like when you start a show where you're supposed to be newsy but your two-year-old is an asshole do you become an asshole yourself or start treating everyone like they're your two-year-old and just want to you know well we'll find out you'll see how i act later i guess well you know yeah whether or not uh it does i mean it is kind of affecting me because i've i'm losing my tolerance for nonsense and it's spilling over yeah 
So, um, I think so I, before, I, yeah, go, no, no, continue. You continue. No, I was just going to say before we get into that more, I was going to talk about pod fusion. Oh yes. Let's do it. Oh yeah. Because we have other things to, yeah. How great um, was our conversation though, Jess, about pod fusion? When? Like yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was fantastic. Okay. So we've got pod fusion, um, <laughs> more succinctly planned out. And we're very excited that we're going to do collaborative work in the afternoon. In the morning, we're going to talk about um, different new things you can add to your podcast. If you haven't signed up yet for PodFusion and PodFest, there's still time. And actually, the three-day, um, which is Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, is 400 You get $80 off when you do She Podcasts as the code. Um, so that leaves you with three and some change. Um, not to mention flights to Orlando are insanely cheap, believe it or not. They're not expensive. It's not expensive. to. Well, I guess it depends on where you are. If you're in California, just ignore me. But if you're in the middle to east side of the country, it's really not expensive to fly into Orlando. At least for me, it's not. And there's a special discount on the hotel, but you have to do it soon because I think they're booking up. They booked up for me and I have to be in another hotel for the first couple of days. So uh, not fr- Thursday, but, you know, earlier in the week. But anyway, so please come shepodcast.com forward slash pod fusion. We really want to see you there. Also, if you want to work with one of us while you're in Orlando, I'm going to have a couple days before the event to meet with people like just one or two. And then if you want to meet with both of us, Elsie said she would be able to steal away for one or two people. So if you're interested, please let us know. Feedback, info at, feedback at, one of those at shepodcast.com. I think I'm done with this commercial now, except to say, thanks. (laughs) Thanks, we love you. Hi. Yay, hi. So that's it for PodFusion. Right. Go ahead. And how about Unless you have something to say. No, no, no. How about we get into some news? The news you can use. For the informed podcaster, podcasting news. Every time I hear it, it's stupid. No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's awesome. Well, I think it's like super awesome, but mind you, it is you. I mean, meaning, you know, whenever it's you in the thingy, Majigger, you feel really lame. But it actually, for me, it sounds like, oh, it's just our our little bumper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's ours. You're so right. I, you know... There are Here some go, podcasting yo. news, if you will, that I had. I actually haven't read some of the articles that have been out there because they're really long. <laughs> and <laughs> I I really wanted to spend time reading them. But I think that larger than just having podcasting news that we needed to sort of talk about the climate that's happening, you know, basically political, the social, the cultural climate that we're kind of experiencing right now. Because it is informing, I think, almost every conversation that I see out there. And I've sort of been at a at a sort of like a standstill, like, what this is kind of crazy. Like, I, I don't even know how to talk about it. I don't even know how to talk about it, in all honesty. So, I mean, we're off to a good start, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so far, eloquent. so good, Elf. What? <laughs> so far, so good. Uh Okay, let's get into it. So we're going to skip the other stuff, but I'm sure you can find it elsewhere. 
But we wanted to talk about world news, not necessarily our opinions on world news and what you can do, but the idea that businesses and podcasts and bloggers need or don't need to talk about world news. That's what we're going to be discussing. Yes. It's a difficult conversation because, oh my gosh. Well, first of all, you know, any anywhere that you go, I would say, particularly in social media, particularly in social media, there is a lot of political talk, a lot of it. And there are memes, there are pictures, there are inflammatory headlines, there is mm-hmm. um, people that are incensed, people that are angry, people that are uh, hurt, people that are in a state of emotion all over. And it has completely and utterly changed the social media as it was, I guess, you know, at the end of December or something like that, right? So um, something that I I found from uh, Chris Brogan here that he wrote actually in the first sentence, which is uh, of this post that you guys can actually read, um, the the headline is basically, uh, should your company protest? And just the first paragraph that he writes, he says, quote, we are at at an interesting time in light of recent moves by uh, one U.S. president, but this could happen anywhere. So don't let the U.S. part fool you. We see the surfacing of a lot of unrest. Thrown into this, however, is an interesting somewhat new trend, holding companies accountable for a position on a current event. Sure, we've seen spots of this in the past, but never before have there been so many people bringing all of the ubiquitous social tools to punish a business for a political point of view. And I think that this goes also above just talking about businesses, it also is kind of stemming into the personal realm, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because there's this, I'm not sure it's, it's this like embedded uh, feeling like you have to post something (laughs) either for or against, like be like, be vocal. You need to do it. Like there's that feeling, right? I don't know if you feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Yes, I do. So, and I don't like it. Yeah. So anyway, and, and so it's it's been a, a real challenge, I think, from a variety of different perspectives. One of them is the fact that now I was having a hard time posting things before all this crap came out, meaning posting things for myself in my own personal Facebook page. No, I'm profile. I'm not talking about any kind of business stuff or even the, the group, even she podcasts the group. But um, as... Um, just like a person, like on my Instagram account, like as on, like, I don't even know, like, I feel censored. I feel censored by the energy around me. That's how I feel. As in, you can't talk because so many people are hyped up. They're going to jump down your throat, get on the bandwagon, act inappropriately somehow. Um, I think that what I'm feeling is this incredible sense of uh, Catholic guilt that is embedded and, and put inside my blood. And I'm not talking about Catholic guilt as in like, I am not standing up for Catholics. I'm talking about Catholic um, guilt and, and the way that I was essentially indoctrinated to care about what other people think and always, and always care about, well, what are they going to think? El que, which in Spanish it's, el que van a decir? or el que dirán, you know, the people around you, what are they going to say? Because it's part of, it, you always have to like save face or something like that. Like it just seems like you couldn't really do anything because, you know, you no, don't put your skirt over your knees. What are they going to say about you? 
You know, mm-hmm. close your legs. What are they going to say? That's different. I agree with that one. Well, well, what I'm saying, no, well, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm I'm using that as in like cover it up, Buttercup. I know, but what I'm saying is, it's this. It's a constant thing. Like, no, don't do that. What are they going to think? You know, don't put that in your ear. Like every every little thing. I mean, my grandmother said to me, you know, when I I, I got myself when I was 21 years old, I got um on my navel pierced. It was my 21st birthday present to myself. I wanted to get my navel pierced, and I got my navel pierced. And I happened to go to El Salvador, basically, gosh, mo- like literally the month after I did it, I went to El Salvador. And I was hiding it from everybody. My mom didn't even know I did. I mean, of course, it's an easy thing to hide. It's not like, you know, it's my navel was sticking out everywhere. And when I don't know if I showed it to my grandmother or not, I'm not sure how she got a, you know, when she first saw it, she didn't really say much. She sort of like smiled. And then later on, she came up to me and she said, um, whoever is going to want you to be the mother of their child. What, what the hell? Ouch. But, uh, yeah. And so that's what I, how, how I was raised. That's the kind of. That's how most of us were raised. Well, what I'm saying is that now I feel that, you know, I feel, I feel that constant guilt and questioning of my own voice anywhere. So in other words, you can't speak out because who's going to want you to do X, Y, and Z? Who's going to want to hire you? Who's going to want to work with you? Why isn't she speaking up? Or why is she speaking up? Interesting. Why get into the conversation? Like my okay, from from my from the perspective of the people that I was that I, with my family and culture, don't get into that. Don't 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 talk. Don't. It's not the, no. Mm-hmm. And, the, and then from the, my own personal opinions of of being um, emotional or or believing in something or or getting angry, like there's that feeling that's squenched by don't say anything. Don't get into it. And then there's the other side of the equation where it's like, you must talk, you must, you must speak up, you must. And it's like, holy crap, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how I feel here. I, I'm taking a step. Don't push me. Right. So it's this constant push and pull from every part, which renders me on something important, which is like what I'm feeling, which is. I don't want to be silent and I don't want to talk because I just am tired of being told what to do. Right. Yeah. Okay. By all of it. Yep. So I kind of like Chris Brogan's approach, which, you know, his last line, he says, don't protest, promote. Yeah. Which sounds self-serving, but the way he explains it is like this. (sighs) If someone doesn't agree with your politics, they can just choose not to spend money with you. But we can choose language that's more inviting, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Instead of protesting, connect with those people who matter to your business. Be vocal about how and why you're standing by them. For example, people who are saying you don't have to march with your sign and tell why everything sucks, but you can say this week only 10% of everything we sell goes to the ACLU. You don't have to say why. You don't have to be bitchy or pushy or whatever. Just say, I mean, that's a simple statement. Mm -hmm. It's going to go to the ACLU so that they can help preserve our civil rights. The end. Then that's what you stand for. And great. Who would not buy, buy from you? Well, because there are people, because just there are, you have to understand, it's like, there are people who 
just the Everyone mention in the ACLU though. Yeah, just, no, yes, absolutely. Just the mention of ACLU is like, oh, you are one of those people. I mean, but three weeks ago it wouldn't have been like that. ACLU is great. Unfortunately, I mean, I'm not saying I I I, I agree with you. I could I I agree with you. I agree with you. But I also have, like, again, I, I come from a place and have been surrounded by points of view that would vehemently disagree with you. Well, you could also just promote the people and not say why or just do it quietly. Donate right. to the ACLU and it's nobody's business. Right. It's for you only. You don't have to take a stand all the time if it's not a place that is coming from comfort or authenticity if you feel pushed to share or pushed not to then it's just silly to do one or the other i think above all i think you have to be true to yourself if it's not comfortable i wouldn't do it yeah and that's the bottom line what i really loved about chris here is that he really really focused in on the fact that he was saying my point of view and i think this is super important he called it out from the beginning i am writing this as a business advisor Mm -hmm. Right. That's like what his hat is. I am a business advisor. And so from this position, this is what I feel. And he's got a very strong point of view. It's a beautifully written article. What I really like also is that he talks about, you know, the sort of like the mess that Uber got itself into to some degree because mm -hmm. of the CEO's stance in the support of the Trump administration. Right. Mm -hmm. So. He wrote, and this is like part of the paragraph here. He says, quote, if Travis Kalanick paid me to help him get out of this mess, I tell him to double down on what he thinks Uber stands for, what he thinks Uber stands for, helping people get paid to offer rides. His business is about giving independent drivers a tool for yeah, developing a revenue stream. Yep. Right. Exactly right. There's no larger politics or moral issues at play here. Well, and then he says, in, you know, in parentheses, well, maybe it's an anti-union, if anything, right? So basically what he's saying is you can bring the vision, right? Bringing the vision up in front of every, the value and the mission of your business front and center. It doesn't necessarily have to say it in the way that this was put out, right? Right. So then he continues as he says, Uber went wrong in this specific case because they tried to take advantage of a political slash protest moment. What they typically stand for has nothing to do with that. Right. right. So, right. you know, and I guess that that's part of our job as podcasters. You know, um, we have another article here, too, that I link to, which is from Bridget Lyons, and she is a PR kind of uh, expert. And she mentions also how you know, that there are specific types of businesses that I think the climate, the themes, the issues is necessary to address, particularly if like, let's say you have like an immigration podcast, <laughs> it would make sense for you to talk right. about the current event. It would actually be, you know, disingenuous for the entire conversation if you didn't do that, right? Because that's your job. That's part of the conversation. If you have a women's right podcast, if you have something that has to do with the issues that are being addressed here, it is important for you in this space for you to in some way either educate or stand up for, for whatever you, you feel is necessary for your community. Versus, she mentions, 
she follows some makeup gurus or makeup bloggers or makeup people, right? Because she likes makeup. Yeah. And yep. those people haven't really mentioned anything about the political climate because it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I mean, for that, right? If you're just if you're doing makeup, makeup is makeup. Makeup is what is happening right now. Makeup is yeah. Like, it don't... has nothing to do with what's going on in the world. And to that end, I'd like to even ask the question of those listening who are wondering whether or not they should say or not say something like, who do you want to be? Do you want to be the podcaster that also is known for being an expert on world immigration or finance or whatever? Or are you cool with just doing your comedy show or your podcasting show or your life coaching show or whatever? Like, are when you do post your political stances over and over and over and over again, wherever they are, or if you constantly talk about it, you are then inviting constant conversation about this topic. And if that's what you want, great. But then people forget what your specialty is, what your subject is, what and the things that you normally stand for when our country isn't going through maniacal bullshit. Right. And, you know, once it settles, if it settles down, and I don't know that it will or won't, but like, I know that these issues affect everyone. I know that we're all passionate about them. Everyone has opinion. You can't go through life without having one. But if you do have a makeup show or a fashion show, I mean, talking about what you think about immigration is like, why do we care what you think? Why do we care? Because you're another human being with a pulpit? Join the club. I think it's we like, all have a pulpit. Yeah, because you know, you know? what um, uh, Bridget says is it makes sense that these blogs stay on mission no matter what their personal positions are. Right? Yeah, right. But then she goes on to answer this question. And I, now I'm skipping it. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Is it okay to post happy stuff when there's not a lot of happy going on? I feel weird about posting product or happy images to social media. Should I stop? And she says, when I, I saw a few launches announced on Instagram, it didn't bother me. Some had been vocal. I knew where they stood. Some never posted anything. You know, I think other people aren't thinking about And she's right. Other people aren't thinking about it necessarily the way that you are. However, if it feels weird that day, like the day that he signed that order and then the guy was stuck at the airport and then everyone was stuck at the airport, like if it feels weird going, look at my pretty flower garden, don't do it. Wait till it doesn't feel weird. Right. I mean, don't ever post when it feels weird because, again, it's inauthentic. If at any time something feels weird, you shouldn't post it. Period. doesn't matter what it's about or why. But if, you know, you feel like people have calmed down a little or you're just super psyched about your roses, post it. No one's going to come after you with a angry mob. So... I, it's like a lot of overthinking too. But then on the other hand, it's like, how did you, on the one hand, I got very tired of seeing the political posts, but then also it's like, I'm on vacation in Maui. Like I also wanted to be like, fuck yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, maybe that just could be my frame of mind though. I may not be too keen to seeing the happy, happy anyway at this time in my life. So that could just be me. But did you get any of that at all where you're just like political, 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 happy? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I did. I had I that sensation too. I did have that yeah. sensation as well. But see here, yeah. then we're going to start to talk about this new space, you know, because I've been studying up on cyber psychology, of course. Of because, course you have. Of course I have. So then like I, you know, I, 
I, I'm really into it. And it's really interesting how this woman, you know, this book that I just read, um, I'll have to put a link in the show notes, guys, because I don't have remember the name of all that. The cyber effect. I can't remember the name of the doctor that wrote it. She read um, a book about it. And so, yeah, she was talking about how in the world, right, we behave in different ways in the world, right? If I'm at home, there are certain behaviors that I have with my children, with people that come over. This is the way I act. If I go into town or if I go teach a class, like whenever we go into different places that are physical in the world, we immediately can, we behave differently based upon the people that are around us. We take social cues because we are social beings. We can read people for the most part. We can understand what is um, in, in some way our behavior in those situations, right? We, we get a gist of how, of what we need to do in all these places. The cyber world is in fact a place as well. It is construed in the human psyche as a place. Like you go to this place when you go into the world. In your mind, this is what's happening. It's like if you're going to the store, it's as if you are going to the university, you are actually mm -hmm. in a new place, this cyber yeah, I'm world. With you so far. Okay. Yep. So, mm -hmm. but the thing is that the cyber world does not have the physical human cues that we would have in the world. We cannot take any cues from nature. We cannot take cues from eye contact. We cannot take cues from body positioning. We cannot take cues from anything around us because we are simply in a completely new space that has none of that. It's only our own brain, basically, that we're dealing with. So whenever we're reading all this stuff, it, it is very weird because if you were in the library, you would expect a certain kind of behavior of people around there. And if somebody starts screaming in the middle of the library, you would immediately go like, oh, that is very weird. That is strange that somebody's screaming in the library, unless you're in the kids section. But it's different. Everybody would kind of understand that there's a certain thing. But in the social world, like if you're on Facebook, there are no parameters like that. That's true. And your feed could go from someone doing like a encouraging meditative um, poem to help. I'm going to kill my toddler. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then so you're like, ah, and your brain doesn't know how, like, where am I? So you are taken away from all of these different well, places. Yeah. You have to monitor your own feeling. Yeah. And who's, you, and there's really, control. yeah. And there's no fault in that. It's a different type of place really you you can't control that you can't it's not set up in that way and i think that what we never we didn't know and then you know where where the study actually comes into is when these places were created when you know when cyberspace became like this place there were no parameters it's like a whole new world we it just started dude it's sort of like this is a whole new world that we are inhabiting we really don't know what the paradigms are all of the situations haven't happened yet. It's all yeah. still just unfolding. So I, this is slightly off topic, but I just um, refreshed Facebook because as we're talking about this, I just I kind of am like wanting, you know, I'm just trying to get a feel of the experience as we're talking about it. And sometimes I forgot that like a month or so ago, I friended Elsie's mom on Facebook. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> And nothing makes me happier than seeing when Elsie's mom posts. And it is 95% about church. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But it makes me deliriously happy. Like she's so, they're having like a homeless shelter opening or some kind of like 
hosting of the homeless tonight. Uh-huh. She posts just like Elsie. It's 8,000 exclamation points. <laughs> she is so excited about this. Like, I'll just read it to you because it's the most adorable thing. It's like, winter shelter at holy name of Mary starts tonight. Three exclamation points. <laughs> and then and then it's like the whole flyer of how to get there. Because what's funny, though, actually, not to catch your mom on a technicality. Sorry, right. mom. The homeless aren't searching Facebook. But I'm just <laughs> guessing. <laughs> but I just love how excited she is about it. She's just, you're just like her. And, but I also think it's funny that, like, because they're mostly about church or mom cooking for church or mom celebrating a holiday. And that's why I just love it. Because it's always festive. Yes. Yes. Strong God emphasis so i I just wanted the listeners to get a feel of yeah i mean that's it's for your mom it's like not just religion it's it's like social and hobby it's everything it's everything it's It's everything yeah it's everything yeah so it must feel i see why you feel guilt because it's like just straying from that to even do what you do must feel you must feel guilt because you're not a nun (laughs) (laughs) there must just be like mom hates me because i'm not a nun even if she's never said that or wanted you to do that, I think in your head you must be like, "Womp womp, I'm not a nun. <laughs> Parents will never love me." <laughs> Although it's actually been like a big, you know, that's been a huge thing of mine to actually. I really have considered it, but anyway. But less. Oh my of a, god! Stop. I'm. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, let's and not I talk have, about that now. Yeah, but yeah. Not? So yes. so yeah. Um. So anyway, I just wanted. To, I just thought that was really interesting that. I just refreshed and saw about the winter haven or whatever. And I was like, yes, <laughs> lots to be said about where Elsie's coming from. It would right. make me nervous as well. And the Jewish community is not much different, just less Spanish, I guess, but more like, you know, I mean, there's a whole even Yiddish word for a gossip, a yenta. Mm-hmm. Everyone is a yenta, talks about each other's families and stuff like that. It's all Jews, the whole Jewish community worldwide is a small community. <clears throat> That's right. why they have this game called Jewish Geography. And so there's always a question of what will people think? What will people say? Right. Um, the last article that I added to Chris's was called Your Business Must Speak Up. Uh-huh. And her point is that, you know, you have an obligation to talk because this is not the time for business as usual. It's not the time to keep your opinions to yourself. If you've been lucky enough not to be affected, you're very privileged. Your customers are paying attention. So it's time to take a stand for the things you believe in. And I was just like felt I love Jackie Johnstone. She's a friend and friendly, but. I was so exhausted after reading it. It was just like, do I re- really, I have to be obligated to talk about, I mean, first of all, the things people are posting about, I mean, besides getting pissed off at the specific people, you don't like Trump, yeah. you don't like Bannon, you don't like the new attorney general, you don't like Betsy DeVos, that's fine. But the things I'm going to speak out for, I don't feel like really need to be said. Like, for example, I like it when people have equal rights. I like it when people aren't discriminated against by religion. Like, I just feel like that's a no duh kind of thing to say. Right. And I'm not political enough to really speak in an educated way about these people. I haven't researched myself to death on any of the people I mentioned or any of the subsequent people that will be mentioned in the future. Nor will I because I don't want to. 
Right. I know it's important to be informed. I'm informed about the issues. I know what's going on. I don't want to know anything, everything Donald Trump has ever done. I don't want to know how much money Betsy DeVos has. I see that she's not qualified. Therefore, I don't think she should have the job. Also a no-duh statement. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, no, I agree. I agree. Deviating from that is just dumb to me. And so, and I don't want to sit here and be like, everyone who doesn't agree with me is dumb. But I have a funny feeling that like, maybe I'm simplifying the issues, but I don't feel like it's worth saying that to people. I don't feel like it's worth saying people should have equal rights. Like, if you don't believe that, why? What what gives you the right to say someone else doesn't have the right to do so? That just makes no logical sense to me. This is the Asperger's of me coming out right now. It's like I can't even talk about this with emotion because to me it's all logic. I'm like now I'm totally ass being out right now. But it's just like I just feel like this stuff is all logical. She's not qualified. Don't give her the freaking job. It's just dumb. Duh. And so to me like feeling a responsibility. I must because I have this podium. I must because I'm a leader like. No, you mustn't. You don't have to. If you feel like it's not your forte, it's not your expertise, it's not your, you know, if it's going to affect your business in some kind of way or if you feel like people aren't going to, if you are, do you feel like people are going to judge you and not want to buy your hats because you're Republican? And I've even seen people say, I grew up in a Republican household. I'm typically Republican or I'm socially liberal and fiscally Republican. That's usually me. I'm socially liberal and fiscally Republican, but that doesn't mean I'm a voted Republican. It doesn't mean I wanted a Democrat. It just means, you know, I like when people have equal rights, but I want to keep most of my money. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it means. It means I'm a small business person and a contractor, and I don't like giving it away. If I can keep it, I need it. That's why I'm working for myself. So for me, I just want people to stop telling me what to do all the time. I like the concept of promoting who you agree with because it's – but it's also passive-aggressive. Let's not mince word. I mean what, what's, what Chris is saying is very passive-aggressive. It's a solution for people who don't feel aggressive, right? which and I it, don't. And, and if you don't feel hyper-strongly uh, about things, you know, things that – because here, here's the other thing too. This kind of aligns to what we're talking about here, having people tell you what to do or, or speaking out, you know, uh, basically, or, or because you're being silent. Um, my girls do this uh, class uh, in their homeschool co-op thing that they go to. It's a um, it's like a, it's a drama class, and they have been learning about projection. Oh, it's it, even better, and it's awesome, right? So, in class, just the other day, they were all standing. And then the teacher went all the way because it's a huge space. So the classes all take place in this gigantic open space. And all the parents mm-hmm. hang out, all the kids hang out, like everything. It's not, you know, there are classrooms as well, but this one is an open space. And so the guy went all the way across the room. Think think of a gym, right? It's about that size. So the mm-hmm. kids are on one side and they were, you know, part of their exercise was to get in front or just get, you know, take the voice and either say one of their warm up exercises or say a line that they were given or something like that. They needed to speak it out and then the teacher would go like louder, louder. So they had to learn the difference between projection and yelling, you know. And mm-hmm. so my little one, Mike Five, you know, everybody did really well and I could hear it was May May's turn. And all evil of a sudden Knievel it was like, okay, May May, huh? I said evil Knievel up to bat. Yes. Yeah, she is. She was up to bat. And then you hear, okay, May. May, you can, um, you can try this. 
Okay. <laughs> you can really, you can also do, how about this? This went on for like five minutes of just, I could just hear whispering and the teacher trying to talk to my five-year-old. Mm-hmm. And then finally, like after all of that, I'm sure the whole class was like, come on. And she was like, she finally gets in there and she, she screamed at the top of her lungs. I don't even know what she said. But the point was that she finally got the words out. But it took mm-hmm. her time. No one understood what she said. She didn't project. She yelled. But she got her words out. And some of us feel just like she does. Where it's like, Mm -hmm. we've never done this before. We don't Mm -hmm. even know how to do it. It feels really awkward. I don't even know. So it's like there are some of us that are much more adept at being able to speak out and be like all blah, blah or clear. First of all, and some of us have a feeling that Elsie would have been able to get the point across better than the teacher because May May does not have a problem voicing her opinion at any volume. No, she doesn't. She doesn't. She may have felt intimidated by the space, but yeah. if, if I were the teacher, knowing her just from knowing you, I would say, imagine you're trying to tell Hunter, you know, that she's in danger. Mm-hmm. What volume would you use from here to tell her all the way over there, look out, there's a wasp or a bee or – you know what I mean? Like right. it's almost as if this situ- – it sounds like she just didn't understand the situation. I mean I guess the, – I know the point was to project. Right, right. But the fact that she screamed and yelled just meant she was tired of being whispered to, I think. Yeah. I think she got impatient and just wanted it to be over. I think she just wanted to get it. Yeah, I, she got it. Uh, she, Yeah, I, I also feel that she was very embarrassed. She was very shy, very embarrassed it, to but be put on the like spot. that's not like her, is it? It is. She is very okay. much like that, but because she always hides. Like, if she's in a social situation, she doesn't speak to you ever. She barks at you. And, <laughs> I and then And she goes, oh, woo, 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 woo. like, she talks like no. a dog. And she hides behind and she doesn't say hi to anyone. So she has this like social anxiety thing happening. And she felt, you know, and so it was her words were really hard for her to put out. But she finally did it. So I was very proud of her. And I didn't, you know, I just as long as I'm proud of her, you know, she she did the words. But again, I'm just coming back to the to the point that there are some of us who are are not are ill equipped or do not have the skill set to do this thing eloquently. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you were talking about in terms of and lots politics of people too, are like that. I don't have the skill set to even know. I mean, the last time I really fully studied, uh, you know, U.S. history or government was in AP government in when I was in 12th grade. That's the last time I touched anything that had that had any political anything. I'm not mm-hmm. a lawyer. I actually chose to go into the liberal arts uh, slash arts. Um, the only kind of political commentary I ever made was doing plays uh, by Chekhov. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like um, some Shakespeare plays. I mean, of course, most arts, most playwrights out there are making some kind of commentary on society, politics, culture, whatever. Yes, yeah, we do immerse ourselves in that. Yeah. Specifically, yeah. The, the, you know, the, the classical plays out there. And so, yeah, there's that. But that's like mm-hmm. the only way that I've ever spoken out was by embodying somebody else's situation. So 
I don't know. I mean, it's not part of the way that I was raised again. And you know what? There's another thing that I was thinking too is like, I do have something to say. In fact, um, you know, Elsie's emergency excitement, this, uh, the one that just came out, cause this is like happening on Monday does have a very personal story where I share a very, very specific instance about me and my growth as a as a human and, and recognizing that there are two sides to every opinion that I didn't know even existed because of how I was raised. So that that's part of my newsletter. And I figured that's the way that I, I am going to share this because this is, I feel safe. You are choosing to come listen to me because, because you like me, because you've already chosen to step into a conversation with me. I'm not just in the middle of the road, screaming at the top of my lungs, my opinions. I also think people know you and expect that you're going to be touchy-feely, open mindfulness. Like I think people expect a message from you of some kind. And also, you know, that you're an immigrant yourself. I am. You must have something to say about it. I totally do. And see, and that's the other thing. Do you know how you were talking about like, this should make sense? Like, of course people should be equal. Of course, when you know you were saying that stuff, there's a different, and you know, something that I've also uh, been become aware of is, is like, I, I wasn't raised in, in that environment either. I don't have that experience, Jess. I don't have the experience of, of course people are equal. In fact, it was a completely different. It was, it was not. It was like these you, people get this and this people get this. This is the way it, it is. Right, but no one told you to be okay with it. Weren't you told it wasn't fair? No. No? No. Nobody so said this is me, not okay. The, nobody said that. This is this is it was basically But did saying, they seem happy about it? No. All right then. It you is were no, it's not that, like oh not this with, is the way you're supposed to do it. No, no, no. It was simply stating the facts. This is what is happening here? This is a description of the environment, you know, and I didn't understand that difference. I didn't understand that that was weird, that that was different. And it felt you know, weird, right? Yes, but see, and I guess now I'm, I'm speaking from the perspective of, you know, everything and anything that you say as a grown up, and if you ever are around any children, everything that you say, they, they your kids will. That would be absolute interpret. What, and not interpret either. It would simply just be the truth. Like they they don't understand that that's an opinion. They will understand that that is the truth. If you tell a child this is not okay, or you don't talk about that, or anything like that, they will not say that's what you think, mom. I think this. <laughs> like that doesn't happen. It's sort of like it stops at you do not talk about this. Period. Ooh, that is a. In, in fact, a truth that is a dog that that's a doctrine that is a, in stone. That is fact. I do not talk about this. Period. That is not until they're eleven, and then all hell will break loose. Well, no. Well, it, it, yeah. It depends on the kid's temperament. So yeah. what I'm saying is that you know I didn't know that there that that was like that there was another side. I didn't know that there that politics had different points of view, or that they both could possibly have um, a truth to them. What? That either side could have some positive thing? What? No. It's usually this is evil. This is good. That is it. And uh, I didn't know that there was a difference. 
And therefore, I stepped away from any kind of politics because it was like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I could see that. I also think you learned a lot from what they didn't say because, like you said, they weren't happy about it. They weren't blissful. They were resentful. They just didn't tell you. But you're you read non everyone does, but you particularly can read nonverbal communication. You know it wasn't right and you didn't know why no one was talking about it, only that you were told not to. Right. And probably that was for your safety and that was smart then. Right. You probably shouldn't talk about it or something bad would happen to you. And that is common. It's sad, but we're not in that position necessarily, although now it makes more sense why you're saying that, mm-hmm. you know, because and I mean, I'm starting to feel that way a little bit that if I protest too much, somehow I'll be some kind of target. Yep. And, and it's like, you know, I mean, it's 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 interesting how that happens, where it's like if that is just a given, it's that that's just a given. like that's all that you have known. Why would you think anything different? You know, like I remember. When we came, we moved to this country July 2nd, 1981 is when we came. And, you know, July 4th is a big holiday here, right? What a weird time to come. I know. And so it was like July 4th was, um, it's a celebration. It's Independence Day in the United States. And usually um, people uh, do fireworks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't do that in the middle of July. And then so uh, my thought as a nine-year-old, I didn't see the fireworks. I heard the fireworks. Oh, my God. You probably thought gunshots. Yes. Mm-hmm. Probably scared the bejesus out of yes. you. Yes. Oh, my God. You so what, what I'm that's saying terrible. is you don't know somebody's, you know, you don't, you, you, and of course you could say, like, well, no, that's not, those aren't gunshots. Those are fireworks. Those, duh. Well, how are you supposed to know? Exactly. So what I'm saying is if you only know that, why would you think those are fireworks? Like, you know what I mean? If somebody's being, if somebody has been raised somewhere that isn't, that is particularly run over by gangs or anything like that, any, any kind of part of town in any town that you know, there is a gang area. There is an area you don't go to. There is an area that is full of more crime. There is an area where you don't walk alone. And so if you hear those noises, you're not going to think, oh, somebody's putting fireworks out there you're gonna think oh gunshots it's about your experience and that takes a while to make it go away so that you can't be at home and be like oh those are fireworks instead of thinking that was a gunshot i yeah. still always think it's a gun i still still I was think gonna that. say it probably never goes away no it doesn't why would and, it go away and so what i'm saying is like you know it's everybody's you don't know what people have gone through and to be able to say like of course you know it's like i don't know it's just yeah it's like you have to speak up it's like no i don't right it's a multi-layered crap you have to go through people are complicated and these situations are complicated absolutely every situation is i mean i know i was simplifying it but i mean no i get it i and i that point of view makes it very complicated what if you're not an immigrant but you're just an abused child yeah and you were taught not to speak out or you would get a whop in the face Yep. You're not going to necessarily be like, my business stands for justice. Yeah. <laughs> that would scare the bejesus out of you. I mean, forget El Salvador. Right. It's any person who was taught not to open their mouth for whatever reason. Just the fact that you have the little podcast about, you know, rescuing animals is a miracle. Mm-hmm. So leave it alone. I mean, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Totally. Yeah. So it's just- I think it is a very personal thing. But I also want to ask you this, yeah. like, just from your own perspective, like when you're 
in Facebook and you are scrolling up or down and you see another political post, what is your first instinct? Is it, oh, that person is so enlightened or is it, wow, thank you for informing me or is it, I wish you would shut the hell up or is it, let me skip that because I already know what they're going to say or like, how are you reacting gut instinct to that stuff yourself? I have people that I follow that I are, I feel are brilliant and I love to, and I get my information from them. Um, you know, uh, Elizabeth Krenice McLaughlin, I love her. I love what she's doing on Facebook. I love how she is like basically doing play by play. I love how fired up she is. She, you, 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 there's, there's no wishy-washy there. <laughs> you know, she's very informative. She has insane opinions. Um, me, not me meaning as in crazy opinions, just like very clear lines there there's mm-hmm. no way to read something and go like i wonder how where she stands on that like there's none of that yeah right nope and then <laughs> and um you know also my teacher douglas brooks who is also um he he's been a philosopher like my my yoga philosopher philosophy teacher who really informed my teaching for now gosh almost two decades and he is a he is politically and has always been an advocate uh, for speaking out. He is a university professor um, and I love his point of view. So when I go in there, I primarily, I think I've, I've interacted with them so much that I see their posts most. So mm-hmm. I, I tend to feel like I am understanding and learning in a quiet way. Again, like I always do sort of like as a, as a lurker, looking at people's conversations, admiring the way that Elizabeth is being a leader. You know, she is. And it's funny because it's like, if you ever wanted to kind of like lead, you have to just watch her because she knows how to do it. It's like, and no wonder she's got a business that like leads, you know, she like, that's what she does. She's like coach for leaders, for women leaders. And I was like, how do you do that? Like, how do you coach people to be leaders? And then I'm like, oh, she just embodies it. She just is a leader. And, Mm -hmm. and I can understand that, you know what I mean? She like, anyway, that's how I feel. And then that's also taught me to see people's like, I I generally just see headlines. And if like the headline is kind of lame or in incendiary in some way, I just skip it. I don't even bother engaging because it's, it's lame. I know. So, and I do have like, I both, I have a bipartisan feed. And so when I, and then I'm, I'm really intrigued by other sides of conversations as well. Although I'm still deeply, but I'm deeply perturbed by that too. Oh my God. And it just makes me go like, what is, and and then, then it becomes existential. What is truth? (laughs) Where, what is the truth? Why isn't my truth someone else's truth? Am I high? Are they high? Maybe we're all high. Who is lying? Maybe we're all in comas (laughs) and this is the dream. And then when we're sleeping, that's the awake part. Exactly. (laughs) Two plus two is five. So anyway, yes. Don't blow my head off like that. Uh, yeah. So that's how I she feel. Does. How about you? How do you feel? Depends on who the post is from. Most of the time, I'm just like, I mean, if it's somebody whose opinion I normally um, respect, I like to read it and just think, oh, that's interesting. But then if it's somebody who I feel like is just, I don't. I, <clears throat> so like I have a babysitter 
um, that always posts really thoughtful and funny stuff. And so I list, you know, I always read everything he posts or, you know, social media experts. I'm interested in their take on it usually. And then like the random friends from camp that are posting like, here's who to call. Call your senators now. That usually annoys me. I don't mind being told where to donate if there's a good reason behind it. But like, here's one that says like this Trump business is despicable as a member of the poor whose resources are inconsequential because he's a monk. Mm -hmm. I wonder why we've drawn the line of multimillionaires who, you know, this I don't want to even though he's a Buddhist monk, like I'm just kind of like it's very negative. And so I don't want to hear that. And then someone just posts, I'm a little worried about leaving the country. That makes me kind of sad. You know, so it's just kind of like, it's just a roller coaster for me. But I was just wondering if you had a general consensus. No, I think that you know? now I've been a little bit too obsessed with it because I don't, it's so, or like the urgency level has gotten to the point where I'm like, oh my God, it, I feel like something crazy is going to happen if I just close my eyes for a second, you know? Yeah. And I don't know, like, if it's because of the, pl- like, speaking of place again, is it because I'm in this place? Like I've chosen to be like, if, how am I supposed to relax if I've chosen to be like in at Union Square versus if I've chosen to be like in in the mountains in Montana, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like I've chosen a very hustle and bustle sort of energy, like blah, 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 to hang out on Facebook versus a more quiet place (laughs) where I'll just sit down and I will read the newspaper. You know, it's a different thing. Sitting down in the morning, having a cup of coffee or something and reading the news on a newspaper will be a different experience than sitting and looking through my Facebook feed. So, I mean... I don't know. The truth is, even if we're not on Facebook, we can't relax. We're not relaxed. No, we're not. I'm not relaxed. Yesterday was the third JCC target in three weeks. I know. Every week, 17 JCCs have bomb threats called on them. It just so happens that yesterday wasn't where Isaac goes to school, but the last two were. And I don't see anybody posting about it other than to tell people that it's happening. I have no idea what to do about it. I have no idea who to call. We don't know who's doing the bomb threats. I know a lot of them are mass calls or whatever but like it's scary i'm not i can't pull them from school because i know they know what to do i also know that people who are going to bomb someplace don't warn the people first it's just again logic and reason it's only you know a bomb threat is for one purpose to make everybody's life disrupted yeah disrupted scared to yeah scare people get people to send their kids home stop working out stop swimming in the pool everybody go home everybody move walk in the snow come back check it all out it's like a whole to do but if they really wanted to bomb it it would have exploded already it's just dumb but it's you know but it's scary my little boy's in there and well of course i don't know it's just so i don't need to be on facebook to be freaked out by stuff you just are. I'm just freaked out. I'm freaked out that like the attorney general didn't agree with the president. So he just canned her ass. That freaks me out. It's scary. Those things are scary to me. But if we just get caught up in all of it, we don't live our lives. Like, I don't know. I can't just turn activist overnight either. We have things to do. We're multifaceted. That's what I think. Yeah. And, and, you know, part of it is like, we've, you know, we're, this is a kind of crazy segue, but, but, you know, actually, um, what do you call it? Bridget Lyons in this post that you guys are going to read. If you click through the show notes also did it itself, Mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, Jess and I are doing a sale. So we, we decided to do this sale, this, um, a she podcast sale. Right. And part of it is that we wanted to, 
number one, it's a personal thing because we were supposed to have done the sale at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. But alas, that did not happen. It was not the right time nor the right place. And it felt very, very weird and awkward. But at the same time, there is this necessity that we started to see through, like, how many opt-ins have we gotten for the for our free tutorial, like, in the past, like, couple of months? It's been insane. Yeah. It's like, it's great. yeah. And I'm like, what's happening, right? Obviously, there's a need for education. Mm-hmm. Women, or at least the ladies that have been signing up, need to know how to podcast. And we've got the information. So uh, we decided to have a sale as a kind of like a birthday celebration jess's birthday was like last month my birthday is Elsie's is today when you're listening. Oh, today and so but we it's like it's a six. sort of like a birthday celebration kind of thing and so we are offering our products and services for this week so from february 6th 7th 8th 9th and 10th for 40 percent off all of our services and we are going to donate 10 percent of the sales to the United, United States State of Women. To the United State org. of Women charity. Yeah. So if you go to... Oh. <laughs> I'm always, I'm always get scared. Uh, that was <laughs> so if you invited, go to... but unexpected. The United State of org, you can check out where uh, your money is going to go to um, from the She Podcasts group because it kind of encapsulates a lot, a lot. And yeah. um, uh, it's it's a it, you know we'll, we'll actually like even link uh, uh, in the show notes and and hat tip to Amanda Dowdy who uh, shared this inside of the share yes. uh, the Facebook group uh, she podcast Facebook group and it's a lovely video that was done by tons of fantastic women so we're gonna do that and so it, it, you know so I Yay. figured that in that way we can continue to serve our community be of service make some money. Because part of the reason that we're doing this is because we are a business. We are a a women-owned business. This is how we supplement and even make a lot of our, um, you know, income for month Mm -hmm. to month. So you are not only supporting yourself by speaking out, but us as well. They basically cover everything. Affordable college for women, sexual violence and higher education, internal education, recruiting more women for public service, protecting LGBTQ+, um, access to school for immigrants, human trafficking, reproductive services, everything. Women in business, everything, everything, everything. It's a great, it's a great cause, this United State of Women. And you can check it out, actually, unitedstateofwomen.org. If you're interested, Very cool. um, but that's where we're going to, yeah, we're excited to donate yeah, 10%. So you can have a link in because, the show notes to get um, yeah. the information about it. Should we mention yep. what the code is going to be? Yes. B5. B5. And with B5, that. B5. Because it is the. Birthday blowout bay boosting birthday, bonanza. <laughs> birthday blowout bay boosting bonanza. <laughs> That's the name of the sale. I almost didn't remember, but you encouraged me. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And so is that B as in as in the letter B and the number five or? The, yes. Or the, okay. B5. There you go. Yes. Birthday blow five. up a boosting bonanza. Bonanza. <laughs> bonanza. <laughs> We're dorks. We're dorks. All right, so I think we've covered this issue enough here, but we do have something from our amazing John Buchanan, who is from Audio Editing solutions.com Solution. who is and he's our um, editor our, and he's a genius yes he is he's you know he's really put up with a lot of our crap for a lot 
has taught us a lot and continues to be um, uh, a very, very amazing mentor for us as we continue on this journey. So if you need any help with your editing, if you need to figure out how to put your show together better so that he has an an aesthetic that I feel you guys, um, he doesn't just put your show together. He can actually help mentor you a little bit, if I may be so bold as to put you on the spot that way, John. So audioeditingsolutions.com, you can very easily uh, contact him and he can help you out. But now we're going to draw him onto the show here with our tool tips. He has a good tool tip. Elsie's tool tips. Oh, I'm blushing. I know you should be because you're awesome. And well, you've got you this much. super, super um, cool tip here for us. And, and yes, I, I'm not going to talk about it because I do not know anything about this, but you do. So please let us know. Well, one of the things being a podcaster is you have a soundboard up. And if you have recording software or Skype, you have that up. And you've got all these little windows all over your screen. Sometimes you don't have enough. And if you try to use the tabs on your browser, you're going from tab to tab to tab. And I don't know if you're like me. If you go to click to the tab, you always hit the little X and then bloop, they're gone. So you're like, oh, what am I going to do? Well, a lot of times, if you have a lot of money, you'll buy a second monitor. Hmm. And you can put some on one monitor and some on another monitor. I don't have a lot of money. But I saw this neat app that you can put on your iPad because what do we use the iPad for? Anyway? I usually give it to the kids. They play a game or something like that. Or So what you do is you plug – it's called Duet, and I saw it on Lifehacker. Hmm. And it's a little pricey for an app as apps go. It's fifteen ninety nine. What if you're going to buy Whoa. another? Whoa, fifty dollars, John. Well, that's not even the oh. most I've spent on an app. I don't even want to say. Yeah, I okay. spent a lot more but on an app. Too. But the thing is, if you're going to buy a monitor, they're two hundred and fifty dollars. Yes, even they for are. True, true. Small oh, much better. So this is kind of cheap, and it it actually does work pretty good. I do use it. So what I do is, even right now, what I have is uh, Trello up for you guys, so I can follow along with what you're doing. I have the soundboard up so I can play those little crazy sound effects that, that scare Elsie, which I enjoy. <laughs> Before, it used to bother me that I scared her. Now, I enjoy when I scare her. <laughs> and you will continue to scare me. Thank you very much. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. And then what I have to have is I have cast open, and it tells us how long we're broadcasting for. So what I do is I drag the cast. You just sweep it over to the side, and it shows up on my iPad. So I have it sitting there on my iPad, and I have more room on my screen to do other things. Now, when I'm editing, if I have like notes from, you know, someone from a client, I can put the notes on the iPad and it's sitting there and I can have my whole audio editing software up. I use Adobe Audition. So I have that up full screen so I can do that and I can just look over and look at the notes. It is pretty cool. And I mean, for $15.99, it's a lot better than trying to get another monitor. Good. So Amen. I know. And see, guys, I, he was even nervous to do that. See how brilliant he is? He's really good. He's he really good. He really knows his stuff. And that like that tool is so helpful. Now, you have to understand, I'm not going to use it because I have an iPad 2, but like old school. I got it for my 40th birthday, and I am no longer 40. Dude, that was so That was so long ago, long ago dude. So I'm not 40 anymore. So that iPad is very I'm not old. 40 anymore. So I know you're not 40 anymore. I know. I'm not 40 anymore. So, um, yeah. So my, I don't I'm think 39. it's going to be able to work very well with my iPad. It's I'm going backwards. I don't know. It might. You it think might so? Actually, Should I, mean, I take it? It, doesn't, a, it doesn't say anything. It has – it's uh, optimal for a retina display. You can set it for 30 or 60 frames per second. Uh, it has touch support. I mean, you can just check it out. I guess if you look into it, it has cross-platform support. It works in iOS and Windows. 
So if you have a Windows mm. computer and an iPad, my God, that's it should so cool. work. Oh my God, that's great. You guys, so, you guys, you guys need to get this and then let us know how it works. And I'll check it out. I'll see. I'll see. It's just that I'm, yeah. Just because my comp- my iPad is so, I'm telling you, it's so old and it only has 16 gigs in it too. And the oh. girls play with it all the time. And so, uh, okay, yeah. I, I understand that. And I, I, I agree with you. But for me, like I said, I was looking, I was almost ready to buy another monitor. And then this popped up and I said, let me try for 50, you know, for $16, I'll give it a shot. I mean, it's a hoagie and a half a pizza. All That's right, the way yeah. I look at it. And so it, it works. It works out for, for me. It works very well. I love that measurement system. It's a, well, or, most apps are like guys. If you, it's like if four ninety four ninety nine for an app, and I'm thinking to myself, you spend six dollars for a cup of coffee with yeah. whipped cream. Yes, the thing about free apps all the time, I think, is so silly. It's worth it to get ad free for a oh dollar. Oh my god, yeah. So yes, and I absolutely, agree. and that is it. Is basically if you eat at Whole Foods, it's actually cheaper than eating at Whole Foods for yourself, just for yeah. one person. So. Yes, um, <laughs> that's true, actually. <laughs> that is all. Actually true. Um, all right. So thank you so much, John. We can go uh, and everybody, will, there will be a link in the show notes, a duet for iPad. And um, yes. we will and, link uh, straight through want, it so you guys can check it out. Yay. And if you want his services, audioeditingsolutions.com. Dot com. Woohoo. Just don't and take now, it away from us. And now no. we're going into Weird and Wild Show of the Week. Weird and wild, weird and wild, weird and wild show of the week. So for this year, for these years, for this week's uh, weird and wild show, I came a- across the Purrcast, and that is P U R R R cast, all one word, and it's for cat lovers. Exactly what you would imagine, <laughs> what you would imagine it to be. So I'm Wait, kind of a little bit what, floored. I don't think you should say that because I imagine it just to be a lot of meowing. Well, it's actually for cat lovers. Uh, here's a little bit of okay. the beginning of the of the. Yeah, let's hear it. Not the show. I'm not going to we're not going to listen to the show. We're going to listen to I mean, I'm going to read from the article. The age of the Internet has proved to be a time of renaissance for cat lovers. I bet you didn't know that. Videos, memes and podcasts bring cat fans together in a way that wasn't possible before. Leading the podcast charge are two cat owners and college friends, Steve Ray Morris and Sarah Iyer, whose Los Angeles-based Percast show covers many topics a cat lover would want to know. How about that? <laughs> I love it. So, I mean, you can have a podcast on anything. And then I started to read about it. Now, first I laughed. I, I was like, oh, my God, give me a break. This must be a comedy show. And then when I started to think about it, it's like you could, t- I mean, it. you could talk about so many things about this you can have a whole pot you can interview people that have cat like even artists and like you know comedians and famous people and people on the street and just talk about their cats and i think that it would be kind of funny and exciting and interesting wow i know so it's pretty exciting I know. So anyway, I just thought I'd share that. But anyway, the purcast if you ooh, if you're a cat person and they say, you know, cat people don't have a lot of places where we go and meet other cat people like dog people do with dog parks. Right? So listen to a podcast about cats. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. All right. It sounds just like Bodie. God, Oliver Shalom. God rest in peace. Oh, little baby. Poor Bodie. Bodie, Bodie She's Bodie. gone now. All right. So I'm skipping the Dear Prudence because I don't want to really talk about it anymore. But Jess, we've dear got some pet Prudence. peeves for you. Lovely. 
Jessica's pet peeves. Hello. Hello. It's time Are for pet peeves. So it kind of just goes along with our theme of the show, which is to protest or not to protest. And my pet peeve is leadership abuse. If you are a person with a large audience, then I think you have a responsibility to not incite people to outrage. You have power. Do not abuse it by telling people the time to act is now. (laughs) Do not wait. You must. You must. You must. I think that you're creating chaos where there doesn't need to be chaos. And I'm seeing it happen. And then I'm seeing their audience thank them for it. And I just think, gosh, I mean, if only you could just chill a little, you could probably get so much more done, I think, without making people upset. I mean, right? I don't know. No, um, I, I completely. I, yes, I, I think that there's a level. There's a level of responsibility we have, and we have to gauge. We have to gauge our audience, gauge the necessity, and understand like an the abusive. action that needs to be taken at any given moment. For I feel um, like it's an abuse of power. Yeah, you know, if this were the '50s or the '80s, and we were worried about being bombed by the Russians. I feel like that's the equivalent of duck under your desk now. Right. You know, and I feel like there's no need to work from under your desk all the time. Then on the other side of my mouth, it makes it sound like I'm minimizing the importance of the issues. I'm not trying to do that. But there are no bombs at this moment. And there are things you can do and the ways you can communicate without making people crazy. That's my pet peeve. I feel like people are trying to make me crazy on purpose. (laughs) You know, uh, yeah. Um, the end. And <laughs> Unless you agree. I don't know. No, no, no. I think that um, in some way it aligns with, I think what happens is we have no, at least in the world that we live at this moment, we don't really have experience because this is new. This is kind of a new thing for a lot of us in our, especially in, in our generations and, and, and whatever, as grown people or as, you know, our peers Because as you will know, like with people that tend to have been raised in places or countries where earthquakes are common, there is a different type of reaction to feeling a tremor than if you feel a tremor in a place that occasionally has earthquakes and people's reaction to that. Or let's say there are places that occasionally have snowstorms versus people who have snowstorms all the time. There yeah. is, a, you know what I mean? Like there's a different yeah. behavior. And I think- There's a different level of panic too. Yeah, exactly. And actions that people take like- um, It's funny you say that because yeah. I know like in Minnesota when it's going to snow, people are like, whatevs, but here all the bread and milk are yeah, gone. Yeah, exactly. And so that's- It's like we have not prepared whatsoever exactly. for Exactly. And I think that it's about experience. And I feel that, you know, people that are in Minnesota, they do understand, it's not that they are dismissive- about the power of nature and snow and being snowed in and all that stuff. No, they just have just a, better prepared. Yeah, exactly. There's a deeper sense of understanding. They understand what their behavior is. They know how to, you know, they know what's what's dangerous and what's not dangerous. They know how long yeah, things they probably take. all drive a Subaru. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. There's a level of preparation, <laughs> right? Versus yeah, yeah. the way that we are at this moment. It's sort of like this is the first time we've experienced this level of a snowstorm and nobody has 
snow gear and nobody has the food <laughs> and people are going, ah, like running around. And the level of emergency is we don't quite know. Right. So I think that you're you're right to. to yes, we need to gauge and at least uh, prepare or at least or get used to it. Yeah. Or get used to it. So on we go. Well, I think that we're done for today. Thank you so much, guys. We do have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash she podcasts. If you guys want to donate a little bit of cashola to the cause of us getting behind the mic and talking about these issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, I just wanted to let you guys know I was on a. Another podcast is called My Worst Interview Ever, and it's by, it's actually run by Ringer, you know, the app Ringer that kind of does what, you know, that uh, sort of like a Skype alternative, if you will, something like we use Cast here uh, to do our show. Uh, Ringer is kind of like Cast as well. They also have a, a, a desktop and an iOS version to record your show. But what's really cool is that they've created a podcast and it is using the tools, which is an amazing way to get their a product out, right? So, Ringer is using Ringer to record those, these interviews, and it's just called My Worst Interview Ever. It's a very short interview with me, and I happened to discuss my immigration experience on the show. I recorded the show at oh the beginning God. of January, and cool. um, he just, Tim just uh, asked me these questions, and I, I said things on his show I have never said in a podcast before, if you can believe that, because I've been doing podcast interviews for now over 10 years. And oh um, I, I have never talked about this. So it couldn't be more relevant, really weirdly, because, again, this happened on January 3rd is when I talked about this. This is when we're recording. So um, it just happens to be very timely. And uh, so you guys listen, listen to it. It's very short, but um, I'd love to hear what you think about that. Right on. Right on. If you have any feedback, please email feedback at shepodcast.com. Or you can uh, join our group over at facebook.com slash group slash she podcasts. And dude, if you guys want to buy our products, 40% off, 10% for the people, the the people women, the women people, which we are. (laughs) Love you. Mean it. Oh my god. <sighs>